rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2390. Today we're going to be talking about a very cool event, Mercedes-Benz, and a whole lot more. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in the South in Brandon, Mississippi, with a very special guest by the name of Mike Marsh. Mike, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yeah, I'm ready. We're, we're going to have some fun today, I think. Now, I'm going to introduce you and we're going to talk about this event you've put together and a little bit about your life around cars and your career path. But first, could you maybe share one little thing with our listeners today that maybe people don't know about you, Mike? I'm six foot nine. What? And, uh, down to 275 pounds. Holy mackerel. Uh, now, I was looking in your past. I don't see any uh, time in the NBA. No, no, I, I, I wasn't good enough. I had a good run in college, but uh, I decided to start my career when I got out of college, and the NBA wasn't part of it. You know, I am not tall at all, but one of the things I always say is that being on the shorter side, I can fit into any race car or any sports car. Do you find at that height a bit of a challenge with getting into some of the cars you love? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't even try anymore to get into some cars. Uh, I've gotten into some and, and, and had a great deal of difficulty getting out of them. So <laughs> all the cars all all the cars I've owned have been large Mercedes. Well, that makes sense. The Mercedes connection now makes sense to me. You know, I had a, a good friend, a guy I worked with for years, and his father was quite a large man, big, tall guy. And I remember they had a, a Lotus. And I remember seeing his dad once drive up and then kind of wiggle his way out of that little car. And I just went... How on earth did you get inside of that thing? And he just laughed, and uh, later on he handed that down to his son, who was a little bit more my size, but uh, very interesting. Well, let me give you an introduction here, Mike, and dive into your world. Mike Marsh is the founder and director of the Renaissance Eurofest and Classic European Auto and Motorcycle Show. He's retired from a variety of businesses, uh, not including the NBA, but he was officer at three Fortune 500 companies, and he had a Coors beer distributorship. He worked at Bain Capital and worked in the public arena as well. But his passion for European automobiles led him to collect Mercedes-Benz cars. Mike founded and directed the Natchez Eurofest Lauberge Eurofest and his latest endeavor, has been the founding of the MS section of the Mercedes-Benz Club of America after being elected their first president. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun today with Mike, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up. But my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. All right, we are back. So, Mike, you've had a very interesting career. Sounds like you were a very entrepreneurial guy, uh, but you worked in a lot of different industries. Can you talk a little bit about that? But I'd really be more interested in where did this passion for cars come? And then we're going to get into this event that pulled you and I together today. So take it away. When I was in college in the summertime, I worked in a men's clothing store and developed an interest in that and was very fortunate when I graduated from college to go to work for the Hathaway Shirt Company, which led to two other positions in the apparel industry. And I had a good run for 13 years, and I was very, very fortunate. Lived uh, in Waterville, Maine, Palos Verdes Estates, California, Houston, Dallas, uh, we got all around the country. We were young, kids were young, and uh, we uh, really were fortunate to see some great parts of the country in our, our climb up the ladder. But then I finally decided it was time to make my own move. And when we lived out in California, I became obsessed with two things, Coors Bear and Mercedes cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I pursued the Mercedes Avenue two different times and was a runner-up both times, did not get a distributorship. Third time I got a distributorship in Jackson, Mississippi, and that's how we got to Jackson, Mississippi. And and by that time, I had two or three Mercedes, and I just, over the years, kept collecting them because, as I said, they were easy for me to get in and out of and drive, and they were also safe. I've gotten into some cars and tried to drive them and uh, had difficulty getting to the brake from the accelerator to the brake and all, but never had that problem with a Mercedes, be it a coupe, convertible, or a sedan, so... That's uh, one of the big reasons I enjoy the mark uh, as much as I do. Well, no doubt. And after a successful career, uh, like many successful people, you decided to do this thing called retire. But that didn't mean sitting on a porch swing anywhere for you. Uh, You got involved with the Mercedes-Benz Club and you've launched this uh, event that takes place this year, Friday and Saturday, October 13th and 14th in Mississippi. Now, Renaissance Eurofest and Classic European Auto and Motorcycle Show. That's a long title to fit on a business card. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what this event is all about? And I love your tagline, European Engineering with Southern Hospitality. I went to a lot of shows and I finally got tired 
of parking next to a street rod, rent rod, hot rod, pickup truck, etc. And I said, if I ever find the right venue, I'm just going to start my own show. And about that time, a brand new open air shopping destination opened up just north of Jackson. Mediterranean architecture, tile roof, fountain, clock tower, tremendous dedication to green space and flowers. And I said, this is the place. This is where we need to hold our show. And I've gotten the idea when we lived out in California, in Southern California, at Fashion Island down in Newport. Oh, yeah. The Mercedes Club down there used to hold their annual concourse there. And the, the center would be full of cars. The public loved it. The merchants loved it. And it was just a win-win for everybody. And that's what we tried to emulate at the Renaissance Real Fest in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, just north of Jackson. Well, it sounds wonderful, and the venue sounds really great, too. Now, this is a two-day event, so many car events are just a one-day event. Maybe they're, you know, four or five hours, something like that. But you stretch this out a little bit on top of the fact that you combine not only European cars, but motorcycles, which is always a, a cool addition. So can you tell us a little bit more about why two days and what all is involved? Well, we have uh, the day before, on Friday afternoon, we have a drive that's escorted by uh, two different city police departments and one county sheriff's department, and the guys really love the drive. Uh, we'll run about 75% of our entries will take the drive on Friday. It's a 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock drive. Then we will uh, come back to reception that night, which is where we'll pick up their packet. Mm -hmm. They get their instructions. We have a few beverages and some hors d'oeuvres. And then uh, at 7 o'clock that night, we have an Italian buffet at an uh, Italian restaurant right next door called Enzo Osterio. Oh, cool. It's a very popular evening as well. And then the next day, cars have to be parked on Saturday by 9 o'clock. Judging starts at 9, and we start awards about 4. We'll have in the four-square block of the shopping center, the open-air destination shopping center, we'll have anywhere from 100 to 125 cars. But then out on the lawn outside of the center, adjacent to it, we'll have the car club corrals for people that don't want to be judged. But we'll have a lot of people there from the Porsche Club, the BMW Club, the Mercedes Club, and a few other foreign marks that just have a wonderful social time. We'll have uh, our band, our famous, soon-to-be-famous band, the Delta Krauts, a Bavarian-style uh, oompa band. Uh -huh. And we'll have some drop-dead barbecue food trucks. And it's, uh, it's just a great, free, fun family event. It sounds spectacular. And I noticed on your website, the featured mark this year is going to be BMW. That's pretty cool. And it looks like BMW of Jackson is involved? Yes, they are. They uh uh, we've had uh, featured marks before, Mercedes, Austin Healey, Ferrari, etc. And But this year it was BMW's turn, and I don't know, I'm sure you know it, but they've come lately with some beautiful new silhouettes, uh, particularly with their electric cars, and uh, they're excited about participating in the show as the featured mark, and they will be featured uh, throughout the show. 
Absolutely. Uh, my listeners know I'm a BMW fan. Porsche tends to be my favorite, Mark, but I've had many BMWs over the year. Uh, all M3s, except for my wife's cars, which are uh, SUVs, but uh, wonderful, wonderful cars and some of the new cars that they come out with. And this big surge towards EV is showing some very interesting, unique designs from a lot of manufacturers. The other thing I noticed that is new this year is you have a Porsche Outlaw class, which is also near and dear to my heart because I've had uh, Rod Emery, who the original builder of the Porsche Outlaws, John Wilhoy, builds some wonderful outlaw cars. Of course, when you talk about outlaw, more modern cars, Alloy Roof, uh, who I just saw down at Car Week uh, and at the Quail, his family was there and they drove their, uh, in fact, Alloy owns one of the first prototype 911s. I think it's number six or number seven, which is pretty cool. It was his first car. But tell me about the Porsche Outlaw class. Well, I have a, uh, a dear friend up in Highlands, North Carolina that was one of the founders of the Highlands Motoring Festival. Mm. And he has a, a, quite a few different marks in his stable. He's got two Porsches, but his most recent one was a Outlaw that he bought out of Florida. And I don't know much about Porsches, but I know when he cranked that engine up, I knew it was <laughs> something. Yeah. So he talked me into adding the uh, Outlaw class, and he's coming from Highlands, North Carolina. And then we've gotten a few other outlaws, uh, but I hope to have a lot more than uh, than we have currently. Yeah, that would be very, very cool. I noticed also on your website, and for you listeners, if you want to learn more about this event, and of course you want to attend, uh, and as our friend here, Mike, said, it's free to attendees, so that's pretty cool. Uh, their website is euro-fest.net. Uh, you'll find it on uh, his show notes page. I'll put a link there as well. But some of the entries I see listed here, are some pretty cool cars, and one of them is rather unique that tells me that you draw some pretty old cars and new cars. It's a 1964 Gordon Keeble GK1. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen one of those in person. Yeah, that car is owned by a collector in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and it has appeared at uh, Pebble Beach when they had a, a uh, Keeble reunion or something. Okay. Quite a few years. But it's a, it's a lovely car, and that, that's a car that I can get in, and uh, I've never driven it, but I could get in and drive it if, if I had to. No kidding. Lovely car. Yeah, very cool. I'll have to go back through my Pebble Beach photos and see if I can find a picture of that car. I'm sure it's in my archive somewhere. But I see so many different things here. You've got a Rolls-Royce drophead coupe showing up, a 72 MGB, one of my old favorite MGs, uh, old BMWs, 84 633s, Alfa Romeo, Julia Supers, uh, a Spider Veloce Alfa, 58. I think somebody I know was born that year. Oh, yeah, that was me. And a whole lot more. So you've got a very wide variety of vehicles coming, right? Yeah. What we do is we basically have two shows in one. If a car is 25 years or older, it qualifies to be in the show judged. If it's not 25 years or older, to get into the show, it has to be of special interest. Limited of production, a provenance, uh, uh, unusual ownership, something of that nature, and uh, and, and, our, and our our two different classes work very well. So we're able we're able to have the latest new supercar, and, and all of our cars have to be European. We'll have one car that's uh, a Toyota this year, but it's but it's it's made in Czechoslovakia, so it qualifies as a European made car, and it'll be in the show. 
Very cool. That's what I love about car shows. You see things that you would never see in any other place. You know, after you retired and you got very heavily involved in your passion for cars, may I ask you this, what has been the inspiration for you to get involved with classic cars and especially Mercedes-Benz? Well, when I was in high school, my first car was a a 1930 Model A two-door sedan, and I've had cars ever since. And like I said, when we lived out on the West Coast, I really just became enamored with Mercedes. And since since the first Mercedes we, we bought, which was in 1975, it was a 240D, it couldn't even get out of its own shadow. <laughs> but but since then, we've had uh, 28 different Mercedes. And we, in fact, we just got... We just bought one in June when we were up in the Highlands. We went up to, to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and bought a lovely 280, a 1970 280 SE uh, Cabriolet, low-grill Cabriolet with a 2.8-liter engine in it, and it's a beautiful car. It's over in uh, Bud's Bend right now in uh, Douglasville, Georgia, being uh, perfectly uh, gone through. Nice. It's easy, I can see, since I grew up in Southern California, to be surrounded by so many nice Mercedes-Benz. And when I was a kid, I used to detail lots of cars. And I remember I had many clients who had some really nice Mercedes-Benz, old cars from the 70s. Uh, Well, back then they weren't old because this was the 70s and the 80s. But some I, I would get in those things and just go, my goodness, I mean, this thing is rock solid. They're they're just built like tanks, and those old ones from the hand-built cars from the 60s and 70s were just spectacular. And, of course, the SLs, uh, so nice. So uh, I think I'd like to have a Mercedes parked in my garage someday. I've never owned one, but I've certainly driven a lot of them. And, yeah, they are something special. You know, I'd love for you to touch on, you mentioned a car here, your first car, but is there one car that's been a very special vehicle for you? Yeah, I've had quite a few Mercedes. The most unusual car I had was a uh, 1967 230S Fintail station wagon. This was before Mercedes made station wagons, but the people who made their ambulances bodies made a few of these, and that was probably the rarest Mercedes I've ever owned. I also also owned a Gullwing, which Oh, uh, oh my! In and out, but it was a struggle. Yeah. But the probably the my favorite car has been a uh, 280SC 3.5 Cabriolet with the V8 engine in it. They only made 1,232 of them, and it, it, it's just a it was a lovely car. I've since uh, sold it, but I've got a uh, same car only instead of with a V8, it's got a 2.8 liter straight six in it, and wow. that's a car that. Is it Bud Bend right now? Forest green with cognac leather and the wood on it's just breathtaking. It's just a wonderful car. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, <laughs> some of these things you mentioned are just incredible. And I don't know if you're, are you familiar with a gentleman by the name of J.G. Francis? He owns a company called Mercedes Motoring. I've heard the name, but I, I'm not really familiar with him, but I know that. I know the name, yes. Well, I got to introduce you to him because um, he was a guest on the show some time ago. Back in, well, he was a very early guest, number 141. But I've since visited his shop in Glendale, California. Now, interestingly, he moved up to the San Juan Islands north of me where he, he has his family and his home. But he still has his shop there in California. And he specializes in early 60s and 70s and some 80s 
Mercedes Benz. And what he does is he finds very loved cars that don't need full restorations, just maybe some touches and things. And a good friend of mine, right. yeah, Bill has, has bought a couple cars from him. I mean, just wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah, I've got the same kind of relationship with a fellow named David Latham, who owns Bud's Benz in Douglasville, Georgia. He has worked on seven of my cars, and his team is just uh, outstanding. And the one, the one thing that I'm just paranoid about is when all these guys are gone. Yeah, there's not a lot of craftsmen coming along in in vintage car restoration, especially around where, where we live. I understand. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, though, I'll give you a little bit of hope here, Mike, because I was just at the on the lawn at Pebble Beach and there was a Mercedes there, an S Mercedes from the 50s that came in second in its class. And it was restored by the students at McPherson College. Right. You're probably familiar with McPherson College, I'm hoping. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I, and I know the car you're talking about. It almost looked like the car that won best to show it at Pebble this year. Uh, kind of similar, yeah. I mean, they had a lineup of S Mercedes on the along the waterfront there, but this car was so special because it had been restored over seven years by the students. And I just had Michael, the president of their school, on my show, and he talked a lot about how they're they've really changed the dynamics of a four year college degree in that field. And I've had a lot of young people on the show and I keep meeting more and more. And I met a lot on the lawn at Pebble. And I think there's a surge of young people that have realized, you know what? Uh, I love working in this field and there's a lot of support from past guests of mine uh, to bring these craftsmen up and put them in position so that these cars can be cared for in the future. So, so keep the faith, Mike. I think we've got a little bit of yeah. hope on the planet. Yeah. I, uh, I, I keep the faith. I've got one guy here in town that I, only one guy that I let work on my cars, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's uh, it's a concern, quite frankly. Let me get back to the show just a little bit. Yes, the, the Renaissance Eurofest this year will be our 16th year. I don't know if you noticed or not, but we don't charge participants, nor do we charge the public. Our show is totally free, and we're able to put on a very nice show due to the generosity of our sponsors. And we're very, very fortunate in that regard. I just said that I'm not going to charge somebody 50 bucks or 100 bucks for the privilege of bringing their car so other people can enjoy it. Nice. And uh, we want our we want our beep to be a free, fun family event, and just watching the families and the dads and the kids look at the cars and discuss the cars. I kind of eavesdrop and walk around the show and absolutely love it. Uh -huh. I mean, it's just a great thrill to see so many people happy. I had a little little fellow one time, I'll never forget, he was, uh, well, he was probably 10 or 12, and he was with his dad, and his dad looked over the car and said, boy, that's a good-looking Maserati, isn't it, Charlie? And Charlie said, dad, that's a McLaren, that's not a Maserati. <laughs> well, there you go. See, there's a little hope for the future. Yeah, that was, a, that was a highlight of the show for me. Well, it's a fun thing. And as I've said, I've seen more and more young people, and especially young people, say millennials, that are at car events now. And certainly I follow the collector car market. And I see a lot more cars being sold to young people as well. So I think that our, our hobby has is in good hands. Uh, maybe not as many uh, boomers and people like uh, you and I that um, – 
are aging out a little bit and maybe, you know, slowly going away. Sure. Hopefully not soon. Sure. <laughs> That's not my plan. But uh, yeah, I think the future is going to be in, in fine hands. It's going to be very fun. Now, I play a little bit of a car psychologist here, Mike, to get into my guest's heads. And this is a unique question. I'll bet nobody's ever asked you before. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, what would Mike Marsh be? But more importantly, why? I'm kind of guessing a Mercedes. That would be real easy. Probably the 3.5 Mercedes uh, Cabriolet. <laughs> the big dog. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice. It's big. It's comfortable. It's powered correctly. Uh, and it's just it's just a pleasure to own one. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I was very proud of the one I had. And uh, if I was one, I'd be very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. Great, great answer to that. You know, we love books here. Is there a great book that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, probably the book that I enjoyed the most of my life was Lawrence of Arabia, a story about T.E. Lawrence and how he uh, he got screwed by the British and the French during World War One, and uh, came back to England and then uh, died tragically in a motorcycle accident on a Borough Superior. So he... Uh, I saw the movie twelve times. Oh my gosh! Read the book, saw the movie twelve times. Almost, almost could memorize about at one time about half of the uh, uh, the audio in the movie. Wow! That was a great book, which led to a great movie. Well, what a life! I mean, he's one of those bigger than bigger than life people. Really, when you think about it, it's hard to even imagine that all that really happened. You know that he went went and did all that, but. Uh, yeah, fantastic movie and a great book, even better book for sure. Gets into a lot more detail. So, Mike, I'm a bit of an enabler as well. And today I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. And that means you can pick any car in the world. I will park it in your driveway. You can take it for a drive. But here's the key thing. You can take anyone with you, including somebody who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of interesting drives and conversations. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a Mercedes guy like you? That's that's real easy. That's real easy. I would like for you to bring back Sir Sterling Moss and the 300 SLR 722 car that he drove the million mile in 1955 and averaged just under 100 miles an hour from Brescia to Rome and back to Brescia on regular Roman uh, Italian roads, gravel. I'd have killed. 10 chickens and donkey and two pigs in the first 10 miles, probably. <laughs> but I would, I would want him to drive and I would be his navigator. And we would, we would, we wouldn't talk because we couldn't talk because that car ran straight pipes, but we had hand signals. He and his, he and his, uh, navigator at the time, Dennis Jenkins, they created a whole code of hand signals back and forth. And I would like to be Dennis Jenkins. He drive it and we drive the, route again in the Millie Maria 1955 route. Wow. That would be, that would be an event, needless to say. Yeah, hold on to your hat. Uh, that would be quite a drive. Absolutely spectacular. What a historic event, historic car. Both those people, historic people, Dennis and Sir Sterling Moss. So sounds like fun to me. And you sound like a guy who knows how to have some fun. Before I let you go today, could you share maybe some parting words of inspiration for our listeners? I wish all your listeners, I hope that they have a passion for something in the automotive world uh, that gives them as much joy and as much thrill as the industry has given me for the past 50 years. 
It's just been wonderful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the great thing about the automotive industry. So again, how can people learn more about your event? Where can they go? Well, that's very easy. Our website is www.euro-fest.net. And we have a website and we update we update it about every, well, we'll go to every week now. We're, getting, we're a month out on our show. So we'll update it with events about the show to remind people. And we constantly are adding uh, new entries that came in that week. And we'll post them. And uh, when we do an update, like I'll do an update, say, on a Sunday, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I'll get quite a few entries because everybody is, you know, they procrastinated and they remember to do it. And the update finds them to get up and fill out an entry form and get, get with the program. Absolutely. Well, uh, listeners, again, I'll put links to all of these things on Mike's show notes page. If you find yourself down south or even make a special trip, this is one of those events that you should go and see. Renaissance Eurofest and Classic European Auto and Motorcycle Show, Friday and Saturday, October 13th and 14th. It's going to be spectacular again this year. Mike, my hat's off to you for continuing this venture. These are not easy shows to put together. There's a lot of work, a lot of helpers, I'm sure, and a lot of effort. And I wanted to do a shout out. Thank you to Kim Foster at Foster Relations. She put me together with Mike today. So Kim, thanks for doing a great job. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing your life around cars and this wonderful event. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Renaissance Eurofest and Classic European Auto and Motorcycle Show. Take care. Take care. Good luck to you. Thank you. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.